invite you now to join our conversation, an instrument of healing as we share how each of us can grow through times of illness, grief, and loss. Our wish is through these words you will discover a healing community that promotes insight, reignites hope, and nurtures peace. Welcome. I love that inhale that you just did, Kelly Grosslogs. How are you? I'm so glad to be back. We have not recorded for a while, it's- Jeffrey. So I just, every time I, like I've told you, when I hear your intro, it's just the music. And of course, we are honored to have named it after our sweet dear friend, Judy Erdahl, when yeah. you named the song A Blade of Grass. So it's been a minute since we've been here, hasn't it? It's It's, it's been a few minutes. So we're so glad to be back in Studio B um, yes. in Chicago recording it. You know, I'm really, I want to thank all of you listening because I put out this last week, I put out a request in asking you what topics you wanted us to record on. And so many of you responded. And I really am grateful. We're going to try and get to many of them. Some of them were already on our list. But so grateful to those of you that listen and share and subscribe. And please keep doing that because we really are trying to grow this community. It's a it's a way for you know people to have free access to community at any time of the day when they listen to these podcasts. I just had a, a gentleman reach out recently and tell me that he listens to the episode at least once and then almost every time we'll go back and re-listen to it and, and learn something different, but goes back in kind of those dark, dark hours of the night when people can feel really scared or really lonely. And so I, I thought that was so beautiful. He said, I always listen whenever they I get a notification that a new one has come out. I kind of listen to it, but then I go back and I really listen to it um, when I'm feeling lonely. And so that that just means so much. So it's welcome like back. Book. Welcome back. It's like a book. I, I always learn more, too, when I'm going back and editing these. Yes. I catch things that I don't recall saying or hearing during the actual recording. Right, right. So that's the beauty of, of all of this is we should go back and revisit this because the next time we revisit any topic... We mm-hmm. ourselves have changed. Mm-hmm. Isn't that true? Right. So we're bringing something different to it the next time we encounter it as well. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about, um, and I'm just going to say the title is exactly as the person worded it to me, which is when is it appropriate for us to get rid of uh, belongings when somebody we love dies? So when is it a when is it an appropriate time? to start releasing and getting rid of things that belong to them. It's interesting because the word appropriate, I think is what I get hung up on, right? Because is, is it inappropriate if you wait three years? No, it's not. Um, there is, there's a practicality to this. And so if your loved one dies, I was sharing with you before we went on the air that when she, my aunt Sherry died, she died, she lived in like a condo assisted living kind of setting and we paid by the month and because she died on the 30th of the month we only really had a day to pack everything up and she moved in and decorated it so beautifully and had a lot of her personal belongings there wait you only had a day 
We only had a day. Wow. And so. How'd you deal with that? Well, the beautiful thing is the place gave us a grace period of four days. So looking back on it, I actually think it might've been okay. Now, when you are thinking about starting this process, please do not do it alone. And so we had people come in and help because there are things that when you're, especially when you're approaching this and it's in the first, let's say six to 12 months after someone has died, you're very raw and you don't want to let go of anything. You don't even want to let go. I remember coming across like a paper cup that she drank out of and I didn't want to let go of that. Something she touched intimately. Exactly. That had still part of her on it. And it was good that we had others there that were more objective that could literally take that cup and throw that away. And that cup was nothing. I mean, but it was like the sponge we used in her mouth and it was just living parts of her, so to speak, um, in the DNA. And I was like, I can't get rid of this cup. Like literally just 24 hours ago, I was using this and washing her mouth out and all that. So when you do it in the beginning, you're very, you're very vulnerable and you're very raw. And so we had to do it. And some of you listening will have to do it because they'd maybe died in a nursing home or in an assisted living, or they're selling their home and they died unexpectedly and the closing is happening, whatever it may be. Sometimes the, the, you know, the timeline is set for us in those situations. What we, I like people to set up three piles, the for sure, I'm going to keep the donate and or sell or the I'm not sure. And there are some, you know, in the piles of the for sure and I'm not sure tend to be very big in the beginning and the donate and sell is like three things. And so, again, have somebody objectively come in and help. If you have the luxury of time to sit down and plan this first and sit down with the team that you're going to do this with, whether it's friends, neighbors, other family, and talk about, we're going to start room by room. We're going to start in their living room, or we're going to start in their bedroom. We're going to go in the closet downstairs, but it's going to be too overwhelming for people to do this all at once, unless you have to. And so truly sit down and kind of map out and, and plan because when you go in there, you will be very overwhelmed when you see their things. Yeah. Is there some planning that can be done well in advance of this? You know, maybe even while your loved one is still alive. Mm-hmm. That's a great question. So I have several patients that have, um, it's cute. And this tends to be, even with some of the older generation, where they'll take a little masking tape and they're going to put it on the bottom of things and they're going to put the name of the person. And that's that's really sweet. Oh, so this is going to Jimmy and this is yes. going to Susie. And yes. this is going, I don't know why everyone ends in it. but you know (laughs) they're all Jimmy and Susie but you know it's so that's really sweet and then um I know a woman that just recently had a jewelry party she has a lot of beautiful and ornate kind of cool jewelry she had all of her um women friends they came over they sat on the bed they took all the jewelry out and they they each got to pick like three pieces of hers I love that it was beautiful and she had posted it on Facebook and She's very weak, so they they wanted to be with her, so they all got in her bed with her. And the stuff that didn't go, they um, I think they were donating it to like a women's shelter or something. I can't yeah. remember what they're doing with it, but it was just it was just a beautiful thing. So to your point, yes, sometimes these things can happen before. And if if you're 
in a family where that's going on, I know that can feel very tender to be like, well, don't talk about that yet, mom. You're not, you're still here and this feels weird. And it's actually, it's actually not because for the people who are dying, they don't, again, we've talked about this many times, they don't want to be forgotten. And so if they really want you to have a certain pair of earrings, let them talk about it. If they want you to have a certain picture, let them talk about it. This is part of their end of life work. Now, today's podcast is going to be more about the when those conversations didn't necessarily happen. So mm. you have these three piles, the for sure keep, the possibly sell, donate, and the I'm not sure. Now, once you have the for sure keep, some of the things are, are no-brainers. There's a gravy boat that's been in the family for heirlooms. Yeah, exactly. Heirlooms. Nobody maybe wants it, but you just can't get rid of it. And so, um, because it really means something. And so we, we have those items, leave them if you can for a while and then come back because oftentimes people will look at those and maybe get rid of one or two things out of that pile, put it in the, I'm not sure, you know, all of that. And the, I'm not sure if there's something you're struggling with and you think nobody really wants this, it's really big. I don't have place. Take a picture of it. We have the luxury now of having many of our phones have cameras on them. Take a picture of the item. <laughs> I feel like I, I'm giggling because I think all of our phones have cameras on them. Well, I don't know. Does your mother's? Yes, actually, she's now in the smartphone realm. <laughs> okay. She's made okay. it to the 21st century. Awesome, Jackie. Okay. Yep. Shout Great. out to Jackie. She's going like, to okay. sell stuff on Facebook awesome. Marketplace or Craigslist or something. And so, okay, that's great. So, because all of us supposedly have cameras on our phones now, <laughs> um, I just we'll got that. We'll fact check that. that I, might exactly. Be. I th- there might be one or two out there that don't, but take a picture. Or get your granddaughter or grandson, because they certainly have it, right? Oh, yeah, and they love to do that stuff. Or niece or nephew. Take a picture of those things that are special. And so at least you have visual of it. And, you know, and again, it might be um, grandma really loved this Christmas ornament, and nobody really wants it. And they don't like it. It doesn't mean really anything to them, but they think of her when they look at it. So take a picture. And that might be enough for you. I mean, that that may be enough. And I want to say that the word appropriate, I get hung up on that because there really isn't an inappropriate time to do this. It It's going to be on everybody's calendar differently. Some people I've known, especially people that have lost children, have left their bedroom the same for years to come. And they maybe don't even make the bed because if the child last slept in that bed and then died, they don't, or they make the bed, they leave the sheets. That's okay. They leave their pictures up. They leave their toys in the spot the child last played with the toys. They have their cheerleading pom-poms, whatever that may be, absolutely fine. But I, so I want to say to, to people that are thinking about it, it's, it's a very emotional and raw experience no matter when you do it. It just, it really is. And I, I think we spend more energy avoiding it than actually asking people to come in and help us. And there are, um, there are some beautiful opportunities here. 
And again, when you're going through it, it's going to bring up emotion and you're going to want to tell the story about it. And some people are going to laugh about the item and some people are going to cry about the item. Some people might even fight over the item. And I've certainly seen that. I have definitely seen that. So that is when it's better when grandma can assign these Mm -hmm. things to people. But absolutely, I have seen that. And so we hope it brings families in and closer and... But we also have to be planful in that this could take days to weeks. Right. To, and to sometimes we might not have that luxury, like you were saying, if you're in a, in a home or a situation where you got to get out, it's time. Yep. Or if you have to travel to another state to do it. Right. Because your parents lived in another state. So, right, you may not have time. But if you do have the luxury of time, don't try to fit it all in one day because there are just these emotions that come to the surface when you hold their things, you smell their things, you see their things. It's it's a very um, visceral in the body experience. And so plan for days, plan for teams. I've had I've seen people where they have friend A, B, and C coming on this day, and then the rest of their friends coming on this day. That's beautiful. And that person is really there to be objective. And to say, okay, what do you think of? Okay, smiles. What are you going to do with this? And we have to be practical. Some people don't have a lot of storage space to bring all these things as well. Guilt tends to be a very overriding feeling with this. There is no reason to feel guilty. Yeah. I was going to ask you, what advice would you give to somebody who is coming in and thinking, gosh, I know that my sister wanted me to have this but I hate this. Mm -hmm. I don't want this. Then there's this sort of tension. Now the sister is unfortunately deceased Mm -hmm. and you're carrying around this idea of, Oh, I should be honoring this in the way she wanted. How do you reconcile that? If it's not the way that I want to honor this. So anytime a really good question, anytime that we're in the should field. Oh yeah. Our favorite word. Right you know, we're shooting on ourselves. I mean, anytime we're in that arena, we have to really stop. And, you know, this, this should come from a place of authentic authenticity. It should, shouldn't it? It should. Absolutely. (laughs) And, and so one of the things, and and actually Jeffrey, out of all the years that, that I've done this, that's actually been a topic of conversation in my sessions with people. I encourage people to hold on to it for a little while, just for a little while. If it lives in a closet, you never look at it, it goes under a bed, it, you know, goes in the storeroom. Six months later, a year later, three years later, look at it. Does it bring you joy? Do you, do you feel like you're honoring your sister by having this? Likely the answer is no. If it's, if it's hidden away three year time, as time passes by, we become less and less feeling obligated. Like, okay, she wanted me to have this. But in those situations, you know, I really want people to go with authentic feelings. I really want people to feel like they are doing genuinely in their grief what feels right. However, I'm also realistic. And once you get rid of something, it's gone. Okay. And so let's do both and let's hold it for a while revisit it, and then possibly pay it forward. Now, some people, you know, there's a lot of donations that happen, but also something I've recommended to families is that 
Let's say there's a piano in the family. Nobody has room for it. Hard to move. Hard to move. Expensive. Right. It needs to be tuned. You know, the uncle hasn't played it for a while, but they have all these nostalgic memories of it. Okay. But at the end of the day, nobody can take it. And that's okay. Sell it and then make a charitable donation in his name to his favorite charity. And that is a beautiful way to move that energy with things that we sell. Sometimes we have to sell and there's practical reasons we have to pay for funeral or headstone or whatever that may be. But if that's not the case and you're struggling around, oh, it feels weird to sell their stuff. No, pay that forward in a beautiful energy if you want to sell it and then donate to their favorite charity. It's it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Their name is then there. They're helping people. Their items are going for a much better use than just to sit in someone's basement and collect dust. That's Absolutely. not that's not how they would want to be remembered or or how they want their things to go forward. So a couple of thoughts. When when my grandma died in two thousand four, um, we went through all the stuff in her house. She labeled things just like you said. She had little notes on things that said this is worth something. Mm-hmm. She had newspaper clippings that accompanied some of these items, like a rare coin. Or something like that, a vase wow. that she found throughout the years. And that's just how she lived. So going through everything, all these artifacts did yield all kinds of stories. Yes. And I was fortunate because I had some storage space in my basement and I had this huge trunk and I had all kinds of things that even though I didn't look at them all the time, I loved having the trunk. Mm-hmm. And actually the trunk belonged to my other grandmother. When she died. So we kind of assembled all of these things. And then through the years, I've either sold or gifted many of these items. And now I've noticed like my needed to have or must keeps, there's fewer and fewer of those. Yes. And that's okay. Yes. Right. Absolutely. I mean, right. And, And like I was thinking the other day, I really don't have a lot of my moms because when she died, um, they're just... Like, I think her best friend got a bunch of things and I just, and I'm like, I would love to have more from her, but at the end of the day, I mean, really, I feel privileged to even have one item or two Mm -hmm. items. Another practical tip is everybody in the family kind of make a, pick a number. And sometimes there's going to be grandchildren, nieces and nephews, cousins, friends. There's going to be a lot of people that maybe want part of this person. Decide that the immediate family, each one of us is going to pick four things or each one of us is going to pick five things. Then the next tier, you know, the next generation, you all get to pick two things of grandma's. Then you go out and then, you know, we're all kind of, and this pile is dispersing, but I think we have to set limits on it because otherwise it becomes a guilt trip. Like, okay. And you know, there's going to be some siblings that say, I don't need anything. I, I, I'm going to remember mom with a picture. I'm going to remember. And those, those siblings tend to get criticized because mm-hmm. they're like, what, what do you mean? You don't want any. And they're just like, I have a small, I have an apartment that's very small. I maybe not sentimental. Yeah. Mom isn't her stuff. Judging other people's grief exactly. and other people's process. Exactly. So let people be where they want to be. Now, sometimes they say that in defense right up because it's too hard to have their things. 
However, we can only take people for what they say for face value. And I, I really don't want people. It's just not the time to badger. And we all honor and remember in our own way. And I think, um, I mean, I am very sentimental, but not as much as some people might be. And so I think for me, um, yes, I love some of the stories, but as you get farther away into these generations, you have no connection to some of these things that have been passed down to you. Like mm, right. the scarf, it's fun. It's from my great, great grandma, but I never met her. I've never seen her wear it, but I just have to take this because it's what you do in this family. Well, my mother took, speaking of scarves, my great grandmother's mink stole. Oh, yes. Because I was in the theater and she thought that I would enjoy wearing it as a costume item at one point. And I'll be honest, I have that. And then my my grandmother's uh, flashy blouse Mm -hmm. and both of them. And this is truly honoring them. This is by no means disrespectful. They're in my costume box. Yes. So when I have a party or I want to like have some fun, what I love about that, even though I didn't know my great grandmother, when I bring out all of these things, it's a fun exercise. And it Absolutely. reminds and me I've of, seen that shirt. It's it, pretty fantastic. It reminds me of Gladys, my, my grandmother. Yes. And that was her spirit. Yes. She would want to have a good time. Exactly. And you bring up a beautiful point. These things can be these things can be integrated into our world. Yes. They don't have to be in a you know, a glass case that nobody a can ever box. Right. That no one can ever touch. So Truly, I mean, as we're wrapping up, I think, you know, the main message is what feels right to you? What's practical for your situation? Don't do this alone. There is not really an appropriate timeline. Some of this gets very practical. I will say that people don't want to move out clothing of a closet because that's such a stark difference. But sometimes you get into a new relationship or you need more room in your closet and it's just a practicality. Now there is no correlation to what you keep and how much you loved them. Okay. So I want to be very clear on that. Just because you keep more doesn't mean you loved them anymore. Just if you keep less, that doesn't mean you loved them less. So we have to be very clear here. What do you feel connected to? keep that. And sometimes in the beginning we keep more and then we start releasing. So I truly just want people to tune in. What feels right to you? What feels right for your family? That's the answer to when is it appropriate is what does feel right to you. And I, I'm with all of you as you do this. I've done it. It's hard. It's hard, but also allow it to be a connection to that person. That's so beautiful, Kelly. Great advice. Great conversation. Yeah, thank you, Jeffrey. Thank you. I want you to go put on Gladys's shirt now. I'm going to go get it. (laughs) All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this CWK podcast. It's our hope that these words bring comfort, healing, and insight to your life wherever you are and whatever you're experiencing. Please subscribe and share this episode. You can also follow and like Conversations with Kelly on Facebook. One quick note. 
we've done our best to share some ideas, tips, and techniques to help guide you. This podcast's content is not intended to be a substitute for or constitute professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We encourage you to seek professional medical advice if needed. Thank you.